Hello, and welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Boilers. As always, I'm Connor, joined by Chris. Chris, how are we doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am good. It sounds like you got got quite the production going on in the background there. Well, we're doing a little uh, home improvement uh, project here at the house. So I've been busy um, channeling my inner Tim Allen. Oh, okay. Well, as long as you... Um, don't become Santa Claus in the middle of the, the <laughs> middle of the night. I think we'll be okay. Well, I'm working on losing weight, not gaining it. So I think we're all right. <laughs> all right. Well, fair enough. Well, if you're just listening for the first time, this is a Purdue podcast. Uh, we talk mostly about Purdue football and basketball. And as we move away from the end of the football season, <laughs> focusing more and more on basketball podcast, we're planning to be a little bit shorter, a little bit more concise, um, really just kind of recap last week's games and then focus on the week ahead it's a noble it's a noble goal but uh we both get verbal diarrhea and it runs on so who knows what'll happen yeah yeah we this we say a half hour and i'm sure you're looking at the time and saying well he says a half hour but it says 50 minutes which could very well happen it's a central time zone thing yeah something like yeah yeah you gotta you have to um you have to account for the the dateline yeah, that's what I'm telling you, man. The international dateline. So, <laughs> last week, we I think we saw what really probably encapsulates the Purdue season to this point. They go on the road. They look pretty lifeless against Michigan State. But then four days later, whatever, three days later, they turn around and they beat a pretty good Wisconsin team. Yeah, I think the difference is, uh, you know, Carson Edwards' game. This yeah. team's too young and not developed enough yet to be able to win without Carson playing well. And give Matt McQuaid credit. He he gave Carson Edwards fits. Yeah, so did Henry Kid. you know, between the two of them. And our other guys just aren't there yet where they can carry the load of Carson's having an off night or getting guarded. Yeah, well, and I think we've all known for a long time, you know, Ryan Klein is being asked to play a little bit more of a role than he probably need in an ideal world would would need to, you know, be in that second score. Uh, And they just have to be able to find some balance and find a consistent second scoring threat. Uh, And you and I both are not huge fans of Tom Izzo. I know most, most people in the Big Ten who are not, Michigan State fans will, are all shaking their head in agreement, but this was a heck of a coach, and they had a heck of a game plan to slow down one of the more dynamic scores in the country. And they they threw two at him. They didn't let him, you know, didn't let Carson get to the lane, get to the foul line, and and Purdue's offense just at times looks like they had never, like those guys had never played basketball together. Yeah, they did an awesome job. I mean, their game plan was great. My my feelings about Tom Izzo and I'm sure he probably stays awake at night worrying about what I think of him but um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with his coaching ability he's a fantastic X and O coach yeah and um, I, I, I did some other stuff with you know how they do some things and stuff they obviously tolerate and there's been a lot in the news about Michigan State and the turmoil they had there with the university president and their AD and the Nasser stuff and you know and I'm telling you from past experience, you know everything that's going on in your program. Right. So, you know, anyways, enough of that. They they did a great job, X and O-wise, and they guarded the heck out of Carson. And 
really frustrated him. And then, you know, we we just we don't have guys that are ready to step up and fill up void yet. Although I think there's some guys coming along, but they're just not there yet. Ryan Klein's never going to be that guy. He's, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even convinced he's like your number two like option scoring. I think he'd be really good as the three guy. You know, as the third guy. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's he's a guy who, if he's the third option, he can run off of screens and knock down shots. But then also, and I'll give him a lot of credit. He has shown more in his game offensively this year than I think anyone thought he had. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's still super limited. Um, yeah, he just is. He's a third he, option. Yeah, he's he's pretty one dimensional and offensively, and um, he's better. He's a little bit more multiple, a little more varied. He's trying to take the basket a little bit more than he used to. He's not very good at it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I, you know, anyways, we'll talk about the emergence of young Mister Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he he could be that other guy that yeah. takes a lot of pressure off of Carson. Happen to do it all, and we'll we'll talk about that more here in a little bit. But yeah, we're gonna hold that back, hold that back for a little it, while because you have to go ahead, bud. Uh, you go ahead. MSU is a better team, and the better yeah. team won. They played great. It's hard to hard to go up there and play, anyways. And they were just better. Yeah. Period. End of story. It's easy. Yeah, it, it honestly was very similar to the Michigan game to kind of start Big Ten play. Yeah, where Purdue just didn't look like they were prepared, and I'm not sure that there's anything they could have done to hang around with Michigan and even Michigan State. They just they could not figure out the defense of uh, the Spartans, and but I think that a lot of people thought that then heading into Friday that we were it could be expect another beatdown and give Coach Painter and his staff credit, give the team credit. They galvanized, they rallied, they looked like a totally different team on Friday. And they were able to come away with a pretty gutty win on the road in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's the beauty of, of basketball, man. Because mm-hmm. you you turn around and play again pretty quickly, right? So if you have a off night and a bad game, you don't have to wait that long to kind of try and redeem yourself. I, I don't know how football guys do it, you know, because you got a whole week, yeah, of agonizing over playing the way you played. Right, you got it. has to seem like you got to wait forever. You know, when you play like garbage against a team, you just want to play again as fast as you can to get it out of your system. So, um, they were they came back really well. And I mean, it's really hard to win at Wisconsin, right? I mean, our history yeah. there's in our history there's better than most, mm-hmm. and and still it's really hard. Yeah, I mean, this is probably what probably I mean probably the second most surprising victory at Wisconsin in a, in a while for Purdue. What right? would be the what would you think is number 1? Um I'm going to space on the year. I want to say it was 2013 when the Johnson brothers and AJ Hammonds and those guys went up there. Yeah. And, and they beat Wisconsin and I think everybody was shocked about that. Yeah, I I don't remember the year. I remember the game. Yeah, I would tell you that was probably a team that's like what? Yeah. How and, they do that? And I think that Purdue fans know that this Purdue, this current Purdue team, has had the potential to go up there and win, but they just had to be able to put it together. It's a hostile environment. You know, the Cole Center does a great job of of making you feel unwanted 
as the opposing team. And I thought that the young guys did a really nice job of responding after looking a little shell-shocked in East Lansing. Yeah, and in fairness, this Wisconsin team's not the Wisconsin teams of old. No, they're not. No, it isn't. And outside of Hap, uh, maybe Demetric Trice, but outside of that, are there anybody that's like really wows you? Yeah, now, I don't know how I don't know how good this Wisconsin team would be without Hap. Although, in fairness, you could say absolutely gonna, the same thing about Purdue. I was going to say Purdue right. had a guy who scored thirty six or thirty seven points that he night. He had thirty six. <laughs> I mean, they're in the same boat. Their guy yeah. just is he's a guard instead of a center. But it's not Wisconsin like Wisconsin used to be. You know, right? Um, but. But that's still it's – Still, it's a tough environment. It's a quality win. It's a great yeah. win. There's a lot of real positives that came out of the game. I'm sure we're going to touch on. But Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, man, I you, think... you, anytime you go there and get a win, you, you're happy. You don't turn your nose up at that because yeah. it's, pretty un, it's pretty unusual. Especially this year where it really feels <laughs> like the, the Big Ten has a lot of quality, not just at the top of the conference, but even the, you know, the middle portion of the conference, which – last year was down but this year you feel like there's the middle class of the big 10 is a little stronger than it has been in recent years and so even even if you don't feel like wisconsin's going to end up in that top tier when it's all said and done in march that still is a, a victory that helps build a resume for a purdue team who who's going to need a couple of those here in the big 10 play if they want to want to make it to the tournament I think the Big Ten is pretty stiff competition, you know. Right. And here's, yeah, here's the thing. I get tired of hearing this from these talking head guys nationally about, oh, well, you know, the Big Ten's down, blah, 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 blah. Always going into March, right? Yep. And then what happens in the first weekend? Big Ten teams show up and just smack everybody. Right. Right? And, you know, yeah. the, AC, the ACC, which they all fall over themselves in love with, yeah, you know, has like Duke and North Carolina does well. And then everybody else like gets upset. Yeah. So I, the, this year's Big Ten is really good, man. There's some mm-hmm. unbelievable teams. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even look at it tonight. Um, Maryland, who Purdue was able to squeak by on the road, just smacked what's a pretty talented IU team tonight. Like that last just happened night. last night. No, tonight that happened like an hour ago. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Well, Maryland's yeah. got a couple good wins on their schedule right now. Right, I think that they're like either four or five and one in conference play, and that that one loss is on on the road to Purdue. So, yeah, and it's been it's no secret to to veteran Big Ten basketball fans that victories on the road are found money always because they're hard to come by, and it doesn't matter how good or how bad your team is, it's always tough to win on the road. Right. So. Right. You know, you talked about some of the young guys coming along, and let I mean, let's talk about the one guy that, if you look at the, if you think about the four true freshmen that were coming in, and then you add the two red shirts, I think the one guy that a lot of people maybe weren't expecting to kind of have that instant impact, but Travion Williams has been a monster in Big Ten play. Well, he's had two really good games because he's gotten the minutes to play. Yeah. You know, quite frankly, he wasn't getting enough time to show what he could or couldn't do. He was playing six minutes a game or something like that. And because of the injury to Boudreaux, 
you know, all of a sudden he's getting some minutes and he's producing. He had double-double against Michigan State, kind of his coming out party. Mm-hmm. And then I can't say enough about how he played against Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, against Hap, who's the one of the best low-post guys in the league. Now, I'm telling right. you, he would have had a double-double at Wisconsin if he hit a free throw. He was like one at six. Yeah, it, he was – he was not good at the free throw line. No, and he's going to have to get better at that. I mean, that's the knock on Hap. Hap can't shoot. And Hap yes. can't shoot free throws. And so, at the end of the game, you just hack him. It's like Shaquille O'Neal used to be. Well, big, right. big, big Trevion's going to have to learn to shoot foul shots because I'm telling you what, boy draws a lot of attention, and he is going to get fouled. The thing about Travion that there – so, there are two things that I've been absolutely shocked by. His passing ability, he passes <laughs> like a guard. He sees the floor exceptionally well. He, pa- I mean, he passes like he is no gel or Carson. Like he is a He's, point guard. He, he, he passes but, better than both. Carson Edwards does not pass the ball well at all. No, but I'm just saying, like, like if if I were to show you just cut ups of Travion, like making those passes, you would have believed that that's a six eight point forward, well, not a guy who's it's, in, it's instinctive for him. He doesn't have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is so good with the ball in his hands at the high post or even at the three-point line, just being able to, you know, manipulate the defense without even having to take a dribble. And he doesn't, like you said, he's not really shooting the ball, but he's doing a nice job of finding guys cutting open with accurate passes. See, I think he does it really well at the low post because he feels the double team come. Yeah. And he's really good at finding the open man. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of plays against Michigan State. He reloaded the ball out to a guy spotting up on the arc, bang, knock it down. Yeah. You know, he had a couple of nice plays at Wisconsin. He had a couple of high-low type situations, along with no gel. Yeah. He just, he's got great court vision and it's instinctive for him. I mean, he just, he's intuitive. He doesn't have to think about it. Like when you watch Harms, Harms has to like think about it. You know, it's too slow. Yeah. You know, Williams just feels it and it flows. It's more fluid. It's quicker reaction. It's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he's, he's, he's the best five player in the program. Yeah. He, he has a two to one assist to turnover ratio right now. Uh, you know, he has been really good rebounding the basketball. He's shown a, a little bit of diversity, especially, I mean, the Wisconsin game was his, was offensively his coming out game. I know he only scored nine points, but I mean, the man put one of the best low post players in a blender and then dunked on his head in the first half. And then was hitting, you know, turnaround jumpers, some of the stuff that we've seen in flashes. But I honestly, the play that was even more impressive than the spin baseline dunk was the second half. They were running that dribble weave, you know, start of the offense that they they like to run in the half court. And he kept the ball, and he dribbled to the rim and kind of like made a move, like not quite a Euro step, but kind of sidestepped like a guard and just laid it in off the glass. And yeah, he's, he's got, you're like, balls. You're like, he's got oh, some ball skills. Okay, that's a big man that doesn't feel uncomfortable attacking the rim. Well, he's looking to score. Yeah. So he's obviously, I think, by far the best five player. Now, the thing with, I mean, he lost a ton of weight. Yes. Right? And so no one, 
I don't think really knew like what can he do. He's lost like fifty pounds or something since he got there in June. Yeah, his stamina was pretty good. He played twenty five minutes, mm-hmm. and that's twenty five minutes against a guy that's pretty mobile. So it's not like twenty five minutes of leaning on Nick Ward. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> and Ethan Happy you know? was in. in you know, gave him fits, but I thought especially he, bl- down, he blocked half twice. Yeah, down the stretch, he you could tell like you talked, you made the comment that you could tell that he was learning. Like you could tell every possession he was getting better, and, and defensively especially, like he just there were a couple times that he just he knew the tendency, and he's like he's going he's going right here off this spot, and I'm just going to beat him to it, and I'm going to make a play. Yeah, and he's, he's got such long reach that mm-hmm. you know half half struggled with that, but. Now there's some things he doesn't do well. Sure. Yeah, he was, yeah. He's, he's 18. Yeah. I mean offensively he doesn't he doesn't set very good screens. Yeah. If you watch him screen and they do that little screen down pin down screen for the shooters. Mhm. He's not great at setting a screen for the shooters. Yeah. He's really not. Um he he struggles with where to be within the offense at times. He gets lost. He has a tendency to stand a little bit. Yeah. And then he just goes to a post up when in doubt, which, hey, that ain't all bad. No. Um, but, I mean, that'll come with some experience. Yeah. I mean, he, he, does, yeah. he does so many good things that you can't teach. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, he's the best he's, of the three options, right? Boudreaux, Arms, and him. He's hands, head and shoulders above the other guys. Yeah, I, I can't get over how soft his hands are. <laughs> like he, you laughed, you laughed at me last time. I said they're like biggest toilet seats. No, I. But you're, you're absolutely right because he catches everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a good pass, bad pass, if it's a rebound that he's by himself. The, so, you know, we've talked about he, he's lost quite a bit of weight and, and the program, you know, they've made it. There's been no secret about from Purdue's basketball program that he needs to continue to get into better shape. I think that they feel like he needs to get closer to 250. And you can tell at times he struggles to elevate. But even when he struggles to elevate, he's still, there were a couple times against Wisconsin that. Three or four guys go up, and he's not the highest off the ground, but he comes away with the ball. Yeah, he's just—he's got a long reach, and yeah, yeah, he does so many things well. He's He's got a knack. Future, future, very bright for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think a couple of the other young guys have shown some flashes. Uh, You know, Aaron Wheeler—we've been big Aaron Wheeler fans. Yeah, he didn't play great against West. He didn't play great against Wisconsin. No, he didn't. Um, but he's, he's struggling. He's still, yeah, he's still continuing to grow. Uh, Eric Hunter, I think, has been very quietly getting much better once since Big Ten play started. Eric Hunter's starting to act like he wants to guard somebody. A little bit, yeah. He's not very good at it, but he's at least he's trying. Yeah, yeah. He's getting he, actually. He's getting better. He ain't bad. Yeah. He, ain't bad. he only he has uh he's twenty three assists and eight turnovers this year. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, he is already showing you that he is very, very comfortable with the ball in his hands as a playmaker. Well, he's the future point guard. It's not Nogel. No. Nogel's not a point guard. No, he's not. Nope. Nope, he's not. And they moved him off of it a little bit, which is good. Yeah. Hey, 
So his free he, his free throws have improved markedly. Let's give him some credit. Yes, he is. He's up to. Let's let me see here. He's up to forty three percent from the free throw line, which if you're if you're not familiar, he was twenty five percent from the free throw line about four games ago. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Right, and his game his game is dependent on his ability to not be afraid to go to the foul line because when he feels comfortable going to the foul line, he's a little more aggressive attacking the rim. Right. And, and I, it has to be frustrating for the coaching staff because you have this 6'6", 220-pound point guard who's built like a tight end who should be feasting on guards, attacking the rim and drawing fouls. And I understand why, why, he, why he's afraid, right? You know, like why it, it's in his head a little bit not to attack the foul line. And he'll throw those floaters up instead of just trying to, you know, go through a guy and draw some contact. But as he gets more comfortable, uh, he, will, he will continue to, to get better on offense. I, I got to share this with you. I have not told you about this. So um, Purdue basketball on Instagram um, – they put out a video of him shooting like one dribble 15 foot jump shots. Okay. Which hand? Left handed. Okay. Uh, I dissected that like the Zapruder film. <laughs> like, I, I, I legitimately watched it 25 times. Okay. Like, I was, I was looking for any sort of like shoulder movement. Where is his arm at? Is he doing that little thing where he like, where he like kind of looks like he gets stuck like on repeat, like an old. Um, DVD with a scratch in it, right? That it like kind of starts skipping. And I gotta say, his jump shot looked fairly smooth. Um, I don't think he's ready to roll it out in game yet. But he pulled up and shot mid range against Wisconsin. He did, and I think that if he can continue to just find some comfort on offense and find an identity, he's gonna keep being. A productive player because his calling card's defense, and we all know that. Defense and rebounding. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that's good. I mean, that's a bonus if he can put the ball in the rim. Absolutely. And we got one more we got one more guy we gotta talk about. Uh he's been much maligned on this podcast. Grady Eifert made some big time plays on he the played, road in Wisconsin. He played great and um was really important for them in a stretch where Aaron Wheeler was not. Yeah. I mean, Wheeler wasn't that great. Grady was really good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grady was really good. Get, get, get a couple but, threes. Okay, but here's the thing. Wisconsin's the kind of team that he can compete against because they're not super long and they're not super athletic. I understand okay. that. Yeah. So it was a really good favorable matchup for him sure. to have a good night. And to his credit, he did, man. He showed up and got it done. And he produced when they needed it done. Yeah. He got, he, give, give him props. He hit the two big free throws, really, you know, at the end of reg- or at the end of overtime to kind of put the game out of reach. Yeah, and so you, I got to give him credit because we we have been we've been critical of his play at times, and we've been pretty open talking about our feelings on his his ceiling as a basketball player. But I've not been critical. Of, I have not meant to be critical of him. Him as a basketball player, don't right. yeah, don't don't get don't get that confused. We or or even him not, as a to be honest with you, even him as a basketball player, he is who he is. It's not his fault that he's playing more minutes than what he should. Right, right, yeah. I'm not being critical, of Grady. 
being critical of the guys that are determining the rotations in the minutes. Now, that mm-hmm. being said, they needed him against Wisconsin. Yeah, he earned his minutes. Absolutely, he did. Because Wheeler just wasn't very good. And that's the frustrating thing about Wheeler, man. Yeah. Well, you know? I think I think that Aaron Wheeler is still trying to figure out, you know, where he fits within the scheme of things. I think that the one thing that he's very quiet. See, I, th- I, th- I think he's bigger than that. Think I think, so? that, yeah, I think Aaron Wheeler, Aaron Wheeler is still trying to figure out what it means to be six foot nine. I think, yeah, that's fair. Because he don't know his game was built around being six six one six, six, one, six two, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he grows and he becomes a six nine guy, and his mindset's still like a six two guard or something. Yeah, and you know, so I think it's bigger than where he fits in the scheme of things with the team. I think it's where does he fit in the world of basketball right now as a six nine dude who's athletic as can be and got some skill. Yeah, well, I mean, he is shown. I mean, he's shooting right now. He's shooting thirty six percent from three. Yeah, that's still pretty good. That's and especially you talk about him being a guard, like coming, like it, for those of you who don't know the backstory on Aaron Wheeler, when Aaron was like a freshman or sophomore in high school, he was only like five eleven, six foot, six one. He was, he, six didn't, he was six foot tall. Right, like he didn't grow until he got towards the end of high school. Right. So you see it in his game, like the. I think the number one thing that you can you can tell is in his jump shot. When you just the, like nobody at six ten elevates like that on a jump shot. That's why he could be really special, right? Because you should you can't block his shot because he still plays like he's six one. Right, right. He's just got. He's not. He hasn't adjusted, and his body hasn't adjusted. Like he's physically not super very strong. Sure. He, you know, I guess the ball ripped from him quite a bit just because he's he's kind of weak with it. He'll adjust. I think he's a year away. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. That's the fun thing about this team is as they continue to get better and it, and it really does feel like at times possession by possession they start to have breakthroughs. Yeah. Like, there are two guys on this team that don't have eligibility to return. Right. Right, that's pretty like, special, isn't it? Right, and like everybody has talked about, you know, Carson, but there have been, you know, I think that there are starting to be some murmurs about whether or not he's going to leave. Oh, and, I think he'll be back. I told you that last podcast. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be back, and you bring him back with the core of freshmen and redshirt freshmen who are playing. They'll have another a full year of seasoning and offs. More importantly a full off season to work on their games and to work on their bodies. You add the, the incoming class that you feel like you've got a couple guys who can make an impact. And then one of the other forgotten guys on this team is Emmanuel Dawana. Right. He's a 6'10 former soccer player who's still learning how to play basketball. But I think that it may be an honest moment the coaching staff would tell you they kind of like having a blank canvas because there are no bad habits. Well, right. He doesn't have to unlearn anything. <laughs> exactly. Now he's got to learn just about everything, but you know, there's, you don't have to, you don't have to, like you said, get him to unlearn some stuff that he's been able to squeak by with. Right. Well, we'll see. That's a year away, but yeah. we, we got game Tuesday, game, game Tuesday. Got uh Rutgers. 
Yep. Um, for those of you who did not know, I am the uh, the biggest Rutgers fan in uh, <laughs> West Lafayette. I I will die on the hill that Steve Peichel is a great coach. I was very excited that they were able to defeat Ohio State. I don't care if people got hurt and if Ohio State shot the ball as poorly as they've shot all season. Um, Rutgers is a team that I have long believed in with with Steve Peichel, and I think that this is this will be an interesting spot for a young team that just got a big win on the road. You look at the record, you're not super impressed by what Rutgers can do, especially on offense. What's the energy level like on Tuesday? You know, how do they come out? Do they come out and take care of business, or do they allow Rutgers to hang around? Right. I I like our chances against Rutgers. I think Coach Pike is an excellent coach, and he's done he's done a nice job there going into Philadelphia and getting some players. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> but I mean, Geo Baker's a really good player. Um, gets kind of thin after that. What's the post player's name? Uh. Is it Dorson? Shaq Dorson? No, starts with an O. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not even going to attempt. Omarui or something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, Omarui. Omarui. Yeah, he's yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. And then after that, I don't know, kind of drops off. Yeah, right. I, you know they they've got they've got a couple of other guys, but the one thing that I think everybody knows is is they're going to come to def- to play defense. You know they're going to bring it defensively. They're hard nose. Yeah, like uh, Ohio State shot, you know, the worst of the season for a reason. Right. Right. They, I, they, I like uh, our chances at home, coming off of the the win at Wisconsin. I starting to gel a little bit. Guys kind of finding their roles and getting comfortable with some things. Yeah. You know they're they're not world beaters, Rutgers. No. You know they're eight. What are they? One and four in conference. They're eight and seven overall. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like our chances. Yeah, and Purdue should. This is a team that Purdue should beat. It is. There's, there's no question about it. And then it you is. look, you look ahead to Saturday. Yeah. Saturday's an interesting game. Really, it really is because there are a lot of. Uh, there are a lot of unhappy campers down south. I don't know how much you were following along with the Nebraska game tonight, but uh, the the Hoosier faithful started leaving with about three minutes left to play in the game. Say, man, I don't understand those people, man. I, you know, I don't, I don't. They're unreasonable. I don't know what they think is going to happen. I guess they think Coach Knight's going to parachute into Assembly Hall and it's going to be 1984 again. I don't know. I don't know. They're, but they're, I, I mean, it's, it's a different day and age, and. I, I think he's a great coach. Yeah, I think Archie, I agree. I think Archie's a great coach. I wasn't very happy when they hired him because I'm like, oh man, I liked it a lot better when they were dysfunctional. Yeah, um, I, he's good. They just they need to get off his case. Yes, but this is a but this is an IU team that is trying to uh, figure some things out right now. Uh, yeah, of, I mean Romeo Langford and Juwan Morgan are good for them, and then the rest are kind of hit or miss. I mean, I think Justin Smith could be really good. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I know Devonte Green's not bad. Rob Fennessy's going to be a good player, I think, down the road. Yes, I agree. You know, I think Mick, Mick Jake, Bob Junior's nothing special. 
Fitzner. I know you love Fitzner. I don't think Fitzner's great. He's not I, but I think form. right, but I think Fitzner's a guy that could give Purdue some issues. Well, he's a big dude that can shoot. Yeah. And and, and that could you can stretch him out a little bit and So that may mean that may mean more harms than Travion. Yeah. I Travion agree. is a decent matchup with Juwan Morgan. And, and Jerome. I don't think he can guard Juwan Morgan. But I you know, I think he's gonna have to. Oh, I think he's. I think that you, I think that this is a game that Purdue wins if Aaron Wheeler brings it defensively. Well, okay. If 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 Wheeler can lock in, and he doesn't have to stop Jawan, but he's got to make life difficult because Nogel's going to draw Romeo. That's just going going to be how it is. Yeah, that's a foregone conclusion. And and we're gonna we're gonna find out just how superstar. The kid from New Albany is. He's good on Saturday. He's, he is. He's, he's, he's good. good, but he's not one and done good. He's good, but he's not <laughs> going against Nogel. And Nogel ate Tony Carr's lunch last year, and Tony Carr was scorned at an unprecedented at a at a high clip in this conference too. You think Langford's better than Tony Carr was? Yes. Yeah. But but I think that we're gonna see. I don't know. I will. Willfully admit, I have not watched a lot of IU basketball this year. All right. I don't know if Romeo Langford is quite ready to handle the physicality that Nogel likes to defend on the perimeter with. Well, we're going to find out. Here's the thing. Nogel's bigger than him. The thing people don't realize about Romeo Langford is he's not as big as what you think. He's six. This is going to sound so dumb. He's only six foot six. Yeah. But, okay. but that's not, un- you know, that's not un- it's coming from a dude that's five foot ten. That sounds kind of funny. Right. But I mean, he's not a big, big guy. He's not six, eight, six, nine. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> um, Nozell's size, Nozell's length, Nozell's strength will bother him. Yeah. It will. Now, now, that being said, he's averaging almost 19 points a game and six boards. He's not bad. No, he's, he's a good player. Yeah. He's not bad. He's struggling to find his shot a little bit. He's only shooting 23% from three. Yeah, he's not a great shooter. No. From from distance. He's pretty good at taking a bucket and transition and stuff. But, I think <clears throat> we'll see. We'll it'll see. be it'll be an emotional game. It always is. It's gonna be charged up. You know, Purdue has you know, a handful of Indiana players on the roster that they haven't necessarily had in years past. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bit of a rivalry thing there, and, and so, and of course, Mackey's going to be rocking. It's going to be crazy, you know. I, I think, but I think well, that I hope, unless we get these nine inches of snow and everybody stays home, I, those students will be out there because the students are crazy people. Well, that's true, and that's why, and that's why they are beloved by by everyone and by the. The environment, right? Because because they'll show up in seven inches of snow. So you're calling the win against Rutgers on Tuesday night. What do you, what do you see happening here Saturday? I think they're going to beat IU. Do you? Yeah, I think that they'll be up. I think they'll be ready for it. I think IU's is kind of stumbled to the back rope and is getting some water right now from the trainer. Well, and, they don't they don't play anybody uh, before us, do they? Yeah, so they're going to be where their where their next game. Yeah. So they got all week to get mad. Yep. Okay. And, and we'll see how they handle the environment because that's a that's not you team's got a lot of young young new players on it too. 
that are going yeah. to be walking into a rivalry in an environment unlike anything else they've seen so far in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Mackey gets loud, as you know. And, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it gets loud, and it is a little – it's a hard place to play. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not trying to take away from – you know, I'm just looking at their schedule right now. They They played at Michigan and at Maryland and at Penn State. You know, environment. Well, they played at Duke too, right? Like those are all good environments. But there's yeah. a, there's a there's a certain type of energy, and you know this too because you've been going to a lot of Purdue basketball games. The energy is at a un unreal level when it's IU Purdue. Yeah, there's you know, a lot of animosity. People are charged up, and yeah. if you yeah. aren't, and, and it could affect Purdue too, because those young, you know, the young guys. You know, it's going to be different than it was even against, like, Maryland. Yes. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, it could affect both teams. And so we'll see who's able to kind of play within themselves. I could see that being a game where I I don't know that. So you IU, think we get both this week? But IU defensively has an answer for Carson. Uh, like, I don't know uh, that they've got a guard that really matches up with. Nah, them. they don't have anybody that plays that hard defensively. Yeah. They don't. That no, they don't. So he may go off. Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna need Travion to be decent. I'm worried about Juwan Morgan, mm-hmm. and uh, Cle- Klein has to play. Yeah, Klein, Klein's gonna Klein, have Klein's gonna shoot it. Yeah, yeah, Klein's gonna have to hit some shots. Yeah, if that happens. We got a chance. We're pretty, we're pretty, we're, we're pretty good at home too. We are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Purdue, Purdue has been, been outstanding at home, but first things first, you got to take care of business against Rutgers. Yeah. I can see two wins this week. Well, I think Indiana's about, a, Indiana's a toss up. I don't know. Maybe. About, yeah. I don't know. How about we reconvene on a Sunday next Sunday we, and, and we talk good. about, we talk about it. We can do that. All right. Well, so I'm I'm looking forward to see how Trevion plays. You know, he's had two good games back to back. Now it's about being consistent. That's the knock on Wheeler. He's been inconsistent. Yeah, I think uh, from at the record at the time of this recording, uh, the last word I heard out of the program was Coach Painter during his radio show said that they did not think that Boudreau would play against Rutgers. Boudreau don't need to play. Yeah. We're better. We're better without him. They're better without him right now. Yeah, you could always use the. Him. You can always use the experience. And well, Harm's going to get in foul trouble. I mean, Matt's a role player. Matt's not a starter. Yeah. yeah. Not, right, not right now. He's been good off the bench for him. Yeah, he has been great. Been, been bringing good energy. Yeah. All right. Sunday it is. Sunday it is. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, be sure to comment, rate, subscribe. Tell your fellow Boilermaker friends. Tell friends that might be interested in listening to people talk about Purdue basketball. We're going to you know, keep it rolling through the remainder of the Big Ten play and, and hopefully into some postseason play as well this year. But, of course, as always, boiler up and hammer down.